2: the doctor is in Yeah, Uh, yesterday i noticed i was watching fox and cnn and flipping back and forth and cnn had a graphic at the bottom of their screen for almost the entire white house briefing yesterday Uh, and it said president continues to promote untested drug or something like that Uh, President Trump had been asked about hydroxychloroquine and he said he was hopeful that it would work against the coronavirus, which he's been saying all along. Uh, After the briefing, CNN went right to it, spent the entire time that I watched, which isn't long because I can't take it for very long, but the entire time I watched, they started right out trashing him, trashing President Trump for mentioning the drug uh, and kept it up for a while with guests and the usual stuff. Not long after that, Uh, Dr. Anthony Cardillo, the CEO of uh, Mend Urgent Care in Los Angeles, was interviewed by Jory Rand, who, by the way, replaced me at KDK-TV. He was a sports guy, replaced me several years ago. Anyway, he did the interview with this Dr. Anthony Cardillo of ABC7, and uh, this doctor seemed pretty hopeful, too.
0: I do want to ask you about hydroxychloroquine. The president was pushing it pretty strong again yesterday. You said uh, you have prescribed this. I want to talk to you about the effects you're seeing and what it might do for people who take it normally outside of coronavirus and a possible shortage of medicine for them.
3: Exactly. What we're finding clinically with our patients is that it really only works in conjunction with zinc. So the hydroxychloroquine opens a zinc channel, zinc goes into the cell, it then blocks the replication of the, of the cellular machinery. So it has to be used in conjunction with zinc. We are seeing some clinical responses in that regard. There are people that take it regularly for other disease processes. We have to be cautious and mindful that we don't prescribe it for patients who have COVID that are well. It really should be reserved for people that are really sick in the hospital or at home very sick that need that medication. Otherwise, we're going to blow through our supply for the patients that take it regularly for other disease processes. But what,
0: but what you're saying is you're prescribing it and it is working for COVID-19
1: patients.
3: Every patient I've prescribed it to has been very, very ill. And within eight to 12 hours, they were basically symptom free. And so wow. clinically, I am seeing a resolution that mirrors what we saw in the French study and some of the other studies worldwide. Um, but what I am seeing is that people are taking it alone by itself. It's not having efficacy.
0: OK, well, wow, that is uh, that's very interesting news. And, and hopefully uh, we can get that more widespread. Dr. Anthony Cardillo, thank you so much.
2: So uh, does it work? I don't know. But if I catch the virus and I'm in critical condition, I know I'm going to be asking the doctors, where is the uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, because i want to i want him to load me up with it uh president trump was also ridiculed by the way for saying that a depression uh could result in thousands of deaths because of suicides and of course as i said he was ridiculed but guess what he was right about that too when we come back we're going to talk to somebody who can prove it stick around We're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. This is John Stagerwald with some great news from Windows or Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers for a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's Windows or Us, Pittsburgh.com.
4: Do you have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess or Linaclitide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess is not a laxative, it works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements
5: individual
0: results may vary do not give to children less than six and it should not be given to children six to less than 18 it may harm them do not take lens if you have a bowel blockage get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain especially with bloody or black stools the most common side effect is diarrhea sometimes severe if it's severe stop taking lens s and call your doctor right away other side effects include gas stomach
5: area pain and swelling
4: Talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to Linzess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. <laughs> If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Thanks to Genesis 950, I can have guests in my home without the shame of pet stains and odors. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. All pet owners should have Genesis 950 on hand. I can even use it in my carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for my family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, oil and grease stains, wheels, tires, degreasing engines, and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com.
0: If you're getting burned in the market Listen up. The last couple of months have been alarming to thousands of portfolios. We know that many of you are getting pummeled with this current market volatility. Guess what? Today is the day that stops. We've created a cutting edge interactive program that will help you improve your current financial situation. If you're looking to turn your days in the red into consistent months in the green, introducing the Trader on the Street Challenge. The Trader on the Street Challenge has been designed to help you achieve the profitability and consistency of a Wall Street professional. We know that consistency is one of the most crucial components to becoming a successful trader. And that's why we've carefully built the perfect way to incentivize struggling traders to improve their capabilities. So if you're tired of rolling with the punches and are willing to rise to the occasion of this unique new challenge, text STREET to 48542 to learn more. Text the word STREET to 48542. Text STREET to 48542 to get started today. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, back in the early days of the country being shut down, President Trump talked about how It was important to not make the problem worse than the cure. He talked about the importance of opening the economy as soon as possible and said a depression could lead to thousands of deaths by suicide. Of course, she was, uh, you know, ridiculed for that. Uh, Turns out he was right. Georgie Borman, a senior writer at The Federalist, has the proof, and she joins us now. Georgie, thanks for being here again.
6: Uh, Thank you for having me on.
2: So uh, there is a link this shouldn't be surprised anybody but there there is a link between unemployment and suicide and it's a big deal isn't it you have some numbers
6: Yes it's it's a phenomenon that's been well studied um, there's one study in partic- in particular that found basically there's a a rate for mass layoffs that they found in the study that was about one person for every like 7200 women and one person for every I think four, um, four thousand men who are laid off, one of those people, um, will sadly die by suicide. And also that the rate, um, increases by the time you reach about 15 weeks, between 15 and 26 weeks of unemployment is really the peak time when this happens. Um, and, and I just want to make it very, very clear that I'm not saying at all that this is like par for the course, that this is just a natural thing to do like whoever is listening, if they are having a really hard time right now and they're in crisis, definitely get help. So I just want to make sure that that's clear, but I'm writing this because I'm very concerned. We just have laid off effectively 10 million people already, and we're going to see millions more over the next few weeks, um, getting, you know, filing unemployment claims. This is this is absolutely devastating. And it, it the the effects extend beyond suicide to just overall your chances of dying increase with yeah, uh, and- high unemployment numbers. You know, we're talking about even heart disease, even increased susceptibility to infections, like all sorts of things. Like this is a, this is a problem that has, um, multiple elements that i don't think are being adequately considered and taken seriously
4: well well,
2: they weren't not only were they not adequately considered by some of the media that i saw uh donald trump was ridiculed for mentioning it as a as a factor when when you know he was trying to um uh, compare the numbers of people who might die from the virus to the number of people who might commit suicide if they shut the the economy down for six months, six months, and and millions and millions of people are out of work.
6: Right, yeah, and he shouldn't he shouldn't have been ridiculed about that because that that's something that the facts bear. Out. I know that you know Trump um, has a, a a less than sturdy relationship with the facts a, a lot of the time, but in this case, he's he's absolutely he's absolutely right. Um, so when we're talking about what to do in this circumstance and shutting down the entire economy. It's not just about, you know, profits versus people or livelihoods versus lives. There's, it's much more complicated than that. And there's more to consider, especially in the long term. You know, we're looking at generation Z and millennials being the loneliest generations that we have on record. I mean, generation Z, you've got like almost a fifth of them saying that they don't have any friends at all. And this has a huge impact, of course, on their well-being—not just their risk of suicide, but their risk of, the, you know, increased risk of heart disease, of, of cancer, and the stress hormones. It, it's a very putting these people in this situation, especially for the young people, for Gen Z, because they are, you know, not to, not to knock them, you know, or insult them, but they're they're a very fragile generation sending all of those kids home from college to be completely isolated from their friends and basically just left alone with the internet and with their parents is a recipe for disaster. Um, the, the suicide rate for, for young people, like between I think it's 14 and 25 over the past 10 years has gone up 56%.
2: That's amazing so this
6: is not and, a small problem that we're dealing with, and it's like nobody's talking about the fact that we are sending all of these kids home to be isolated and alone with the internet yeah
2: so, so they're what, not you're, you you're saying they're, they're not in happen. school yeah they're they're not going to be in school or they're not going to be away at college they're going to be back home in their basement
6: right it's a very dangerous Parents situation, basement. and so I think especially that is something that needs to be considered um even if not talking about putting people back to work, but sending the kids back to school and not just online school. Um, You know, if they need to be quarantined on campus and they can't leave campus or something like that, I think that that is far more preferable than keeping them at home for months at a time.
2: I saw those numbers in your piece about uh, the kids from that generation, Gen Z, which is born after 1997. Um, and millennials, I guess, too, are included in that group. But uh, I think I think it was Gen Z that was more friendless. Um, uh, that that they don't have that a uh, certain percentage don't have uh, f- more than four friends or at least four friends. Um, uh, how much of that is based on uh, having their faces stuffed in a phone most of the time, and yeah. their life is?
6: I think right. They're not forced into um, in person. Uh, social interactions as much anymore because whatever is somewhat awkward or there's a potential risk of failure when you're in an interaction in person face-to-face, those things have moved online because it's easier. It's easier to shoot somebody a text than it is to talk to them face-to-face. So a lot of conversations that they have and indeed some of the most important conversations that they have are done virtually, and I think that that has really done a number on this generation, um, and it, it is something that has not been adequately addressed, and I think we're going to see the fallout from that for many years to come.
2: Yeah, and I, uh, this is a little bit off the subject, but I was I was riding my bike on a, a bike path um, a couple of days ago, and it's more crowded than usual because nobody's working, nobody's in school, and I, I I think in I was on the path for maybe 45 minutes. I probably had to uh, say heads up to a person walking toward me on the path, looking at their phone as they were walking on the on the you know the path is for walkers and bikers. Uh, I, they were young, three young girls, different, not not together, but at different times. And I, I was afraid going. I was gonna, afraid that she was going to wander into my path as I was coming on a bike because she, as she was walking. She had her face in her phone.
6: Right, right. And and we know we know that our relationships with our phones are very bad for us. Smartphones are not good for our mental health or our physical health. I mean, even the like the blue light that comes off your phone has some effect on you physically. Um, from what, you know, the preliminary research says. So these things are very bad for us, and now that we're all home, we are spending like 98% of our time on the Internet. Um, And so I think even beyond what studies have previously said about the effect of mass layoffs and the effect of, you know, sending kids home from school, I, I think that we could be looking at something far far worse than that. Um, just because it's just been a, a complete tsunami and all of this happening, happening at once and crisis hotlines, you, you know, are just nonstop now. It's, it's something that needs to be seriously looked at. And I think that our public health officials owe us um, a discussion of the tradeoffs in what we're doing versus what we're looking at, which I discuss in my piece about the risk of suicide, the increased risk of of death in in general, of long-term problems, shorter lifespans, substance abuse, all of those things. There needs to be a discussion. I think the the public deserves that.
2: We're talking to Georgie Borman. She's a senior writer at The Federalist. Uh, And, uh, Georgie, your piece, uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, numbers in there that support The the idea that um, that there needs to be, as you said, a serious discussion between, I think, as you put it in your uh, in your piece, uh, flooding your house, trying to put out the fire. Um, You know, at some point there has to be some kind of a a decision made to as to when when fighting this virus is actually uh, making it worse than what the virus could possibly right. do to us.
6: Right. And if you're not considering anything except the the COVID-19 numbers, the hospitalizations, the positive rates, the deaths, if you're not considering anything except that, then you're going to miss that. You're going to miss when you might have um, flooded the house, you know, because you've already put out the fire. If you're exclusively focused on putting out the fire, you're not going to realize when you've, you've gone way too far. And I'm hoping and praying that that is not the case, that we've really taken the right path here. But like I said, we do need to have that conversation because it's it's a huge deal. I mean, we are already in the midst of an opioid epidemic and substance abuse is highly correlated with isolation. So how many more deaths could be added to that based off of sending everybody home? This is a, a huge, huge problem, and they, you know it's going to build up day after day. I'm, I'm just very concerned, yes, that we are flooding the house um, in the attempt to, to put out the, the fire with the pandemic. You can't just consider the pandemic. You have to consider other aspects of public health as well.
2: And you know what? I, I don't see um, your point being made too many places in the media, if anywhere else. Uh, I mean, you hear, you know, discussions about it, how it's going to affect uh, people's uh, lives. And, you know, everybody knows there's certain things that come with losing a job or uh, being stuck in your house for long periods of time. But I don't know that I've seen uh, 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 much emphasis on this in the media. Have you?
6: No. And that's why I had to write this piece. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just flabbergasted that people are not talking about the loneliness epidemic and how this plays into sending everybody home to be isolated and alone from their friends. I mean, I am in a very privileged, blessed situation because I have two kids and I have my husband and we all live in the same home, but there are a lot of other people that are not in the same circumstances. And even a lot of kids who are separated from one of their parents. That's just yeah. devastating. I thought I thought that the mainstream media cared a lot and would cover it twenty four seven when children are separated from their parents.
4: Yeah, right? I heard a lot about that, we had yeah. this discussion
6: about the border last year, and now nobody's talking about that um, because it's it's a it's a singular focus on on the pandemic. And I'm not I'm not a public health expert myself, but I had to write this piece because nobody else was talking about it. And these are all things that are are easy to find you just need to put the pieces together I mean prolonged loneliness based off of one study could have the same impact on your life expectancy as about smoking like 15 cigarettes a day that's a big deal
2: yeah yeah yeah, I mean you you found a lot of uh, um, numbers to back up your feelings and and uh, and make your case I mean, I know you put a lot of effort into the piece, but it, it wasn't that hard to, to find places that could bolster what you're trying to say, was it?
6: Right. Yeah. This is not. This is not a strained argument. I mean, there's there's a lot to pick from in terms of. I had to pare this article down actually a lot because I had even more yeah. data in it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. So this is this is given that there's there's an abundance of evidence on this front, especially considering that we need to have a discussion um, in the public eye with our government officials saying, okay, have you considered this, this, and this, and what are the trade-offs? And what is your argument to the people that this is the correct course of action? I think that that would put a lot of people more at ease um, and give them more of a sense of certainty. If they made a, a coherent, cogent argument about why this is better than the X, Y, and Z that I I present in 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 the piece.
2: Yeah, and uh, as I said, uh, when President Trump mentioned just suicides, uh, people s- laughed at it. Um, but and, and all these things that you have uh, shown that, that are correlated to lots of people being out of work or anybody being out of work. Uh, that what we need to keep in mind also, don't we, is that this is the biggest layoff in American history. So whatever problems come with that we're going to have more people dealing with it than we've ever had before at one time.
6: Right. There's going to be long-term consequences that are not going to be easy to tabulate even once things get up and running. And, you know, let's say that we have sort of a U-shaped recovery where things plateau a little bit, but then we start, you know, clicking upward month by month. You're still years and years from now experts are still going, scientists are still going to be studying this and tabulating exactly how many people died just by the way that we've reacted to the situation. And I'm not saying equivalent, you know, like, um, I'm not saying absolutely that the lockdowns are the wrong thing to do. But it is interesting to note that there has been Um, sort of a blanket adoption of these policies across all of America when really it's the urban centers that need this the most and places way out in the middle of Wyoming are being treated the same way as the the center of New York City. You know, that's, that's something that needs to be absolutely taken into account when you think of all of these other problems, the opioid abuse epidemic, the epidemic of loneliness. It's It's a a lot that is easy to find, yet somehow we're not having uh, much of a public conversation on this at all.
2: Uh, I'm out of time, uh, Georgie. Great piece today at The Federalist, and uh, we didn't cover everything, but check it out at The Federalist, and uh, you'll see all the numbers that Georgie came up with. It's amazing. Thanks a lot for being here, as always. Thank you. Okay. And that's Georgie Borman. When we come back, we're going to talk about... uh, Is America done? Is it 75% gone? Somebody will be here to tell you that he thinks it may be. Stick around.
7: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has been moved to the intensive care unit of a London hospital after his coronavirus symptoms worsened. Johnson's office says Johnson is conscious and does not require ventilation at the moment. He was admitted to St. Thomas's Hospital late Sunday, 10 days after he was diagnosed with COVID-19. The steep rise in coronavirus deaths in New York appears to be leveling off, and a possible sign that social distancing is working in the most lethal hotspot in the United States. The trend seems to have taken hold even more convincingly in hard-hit Italy and Spain. A worldwide rally gained steam on Wall Street, propelling major indexes up more than 7 percent. Traders cheering glimmers of hope that the deadliness of the coronavirus outbreak could be slowing in some hard-hit areas. The Dow gained 1,627 points today. This is SRN News.
1: Oh, whale! Guys, whale!
0: Wow,
8: whale.
0: Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay, whale, whale, whale! Oh no, whale!
7: The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com. Well,
8: at least it wasn't a shark, am I right?
7: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliate. Dennis
0: Prager puts the virus in perspective. It's interesting. The conditions that
7: determine your circumstances through this are not financial. So it's always better to have money than not have money. That's a given. But if if you're lower middle class and you're with a person or people that you love, you're in better shape than a person with
0: money who's alone. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at noon. Right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The Answer.
7: To protect his family from disaster, Steve used his camera phone. Done. By taking pictures of his important documents, Steve can always have them stored online. Learn more simple disaster prep tips at ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council.
4: When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day.
9: The man, the yellow band.
4: Service master. Politics can be, well, dirty. That's one mess service master of Greater Pittsburgh can't clean up. But we've got you covered on everything else, from water damage to smoke and fire damage.
9: The man, the yellow van. Service Master.
4: Healthy pets, healthy people focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Solkowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 12:50 a.m. The answer. Giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet, and being healthy makes people happy. Tune in. Listen, learn, be well.
9: America is a great
8: big country. Filled with all kinds of different people. And we all count. That's why the 2020 census wants to make sure we're all counted. Why is it so important?
1: Because the census helps inform how hundreds of billions of dollars will be spent
7: each year for things like...
8: New roads, health clinics,
7: even more school programs.
8: So make sure you're counted.
4: Because you count. Shape your future. Start here. Complete the census at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. AM
0: 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. in Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
1: Well, seeing those delays through Duquesne, northbound 837, extra four minutes, McKeesport, Duquesne Bridge, up to Grand Avenue, southbound, about a 12-minute delay, Commonwealth Avenue to Grand Avenue. There was a food bank distribution in place there a little earlier. Parkway north HOV lanes are closed until further notice. And on the parkway north through the main lane should take you about 12 minutes, getting from the Fort Pitt Bridge out to 79. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer, weather. Plenty of clouds around tonight. Rain and a thunderstorm late, low 47. Cloudy tomorrow with showers and a thunderstorm, high 66. Showers and a thunderstorm tomorrow night, otherwise overcast and mild, low 56. Cloudy with spotty showers in the morning on Wednesday, then breezy, high 68. Thursday, windy and cooler, high 52. With your active forecast, I'm Brian May. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The
2: answer. Philip Carl Salzman is an emeritus professor of anthropology at McGill University in Canada. He wrote one of the best explanations I've ever read about liberal insanity, which is alive in about half the country right now, as you probably know. You can find the piece at pjmedia.com. Philip Salzman joins us now. Philip, thanks for being here. My pleasure. So the headline of your piece is The End of America. Uh, I'm, read, I'm wondering, are we already there or just headed there? And uh, is it inevitable if we are headed there?
9: Well, I, I try and make the case that we're about three-quarters of the way there. Okay. Um, and what I mean by the end of America is the end of, um, of liberal American culture Uh, as we knew it through the 20th century, Um, a culture that emphasized individuals' opportunity, freedom, achievement, Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, treating people as individuals uh, and respecting them as individuals, um, and people having the freedom to make... uh, Contracts with other people to do work or or whatever, um, and which in which their lives are not not controlled by the government.
2: That, and you write that I'm sorry. You, you write that the uh, death of societies and cultures is usually suicide. What do you mean by that?
9: Well, I, what I mean by that is that um, societies tend to die when people in the society itself begin to reject the values of that society, uh, reject the institutions of that society, and turn on one another. Instead of being fellow citizens, uh, sharing a, a, a society and a community, they turn on each other and make each other the enemy. Uh, and, and I'm afraid that we've gone very far in that direction in the United States.
2: And, um, but you also have. list Sweden as a good example of this. Uh, I guess it's already happened there, or or it happened there a long time ago.
9: Well, to some extent, this has happened in many places in in Western Europe, in uh, in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, so it's. It's a, um, in a sense, it's a phenomenon of Western civilization, which, um, which seems to, uh, seems to be declining and decaying.
2: Now, um, in Sweden, uh, and and in much of what you write, uh, in in Sweden, and Canada, and in the U.S. Uh, more so, it seems in Canada and Sweden. Uh, before we get to the U.S., um, you talk a lot about immigration, and um, and especially in Sweden, where they they seem to and and you taught you, you quoted. Uh, well, I'll get to sweet just Sweden first because we hear a lot about the violence over there and um, and the the tolerance of of other um, societies over. Their original society that they've had there for hundreds of years. It's
9: it's really it's really a bit shocking, and I it, there's a kind of a a sense that um, uh, in this new point of view that everybody in the world is good, but we're bad.
2: Mm-hmm. A lot of that we're going re- around here. Sorry, there's a lot of that going around here in the well, U.S. Exactly.
9: Yes. Yeah. Yes, there is. There's actually one of the most popular th- theories in um, uh, in the social sciences today, a dominant theory, is called post-colonial theory. And the argument is, basically, that everything wrong in the world is the result of Western colonialism and imperialism. Yeah. And so... And so the West and America are the uh, are at fault with every difficulty in the world. This is the most remarkably unhistoric theory. Um, it, it it takes no account of what's happened in the world over over hundreds and thousands of years, uh, and the relationship between different groups, and it it also remarkably takes away the, the will and ability of people in the world to run their lives. Uh, it seems that they, they're all, uh, in this theory, they're treated as if they're just pawns that the West can move around as they like. I also see a change within Within our own country and our views of our fellow citizens,:
2: So what um go ahead, sorry.
9: What's, what's become the, the, the dominant framework in understanding the, wor- the world in America is um, is what uh, what they call social justice social Mm -hmm. justice is kind of a neo-Marxist theory that says that our society is divided into classes, oppressive classes and victim classes and that uh, uh, this is where identity politics comes in, that men oppress women, whites oppress blacks and people of color, that heterosexuals um uh, oppress, uh uh lesbian's gay's transsexuals and so on um, and that therefore what we need is a revolution that overthrows uh the these oppressive races oppressive sexes uh uh and uh turn turn things over to what to these groups that they that they call marginalized minorities um, so we no longer look at fellow fellow Americans as uh as our, our fellow citizens with whom we're cooperating in in making a, a life for ourselves and and our society, but we see them in terms of uh, who's an oppressor and who's a victim? Whose side am I on? And how can we get rid of those uh, those bad guys? So uh, we've come to a point where Americans uh, spend a great deal of their time vilifying other Americans.
2: Yeah, and, and um, what what is oikophobia? Oikophobia
9: is, uh, well, we know what a phobia is. It means that, that you, you irrationally fear something, and mm-hmm. oika is, means your civilization. So oikophobia is, the, um, is kind of the, the fear of or hatred of your own society and your own culture. And that's, that's basically what, what's happened uh, in the U.S., It's happened in the universities. It's happened in the mass media. Uh, uh, It's happened in the school systems uh, where they're teaching this social justice class system and identity politics, uh, which basically uh, uh, doesn't get rid of sexism, but simply applies a kind of reverse sexism against men. Doesn't get rid of Racism—it simply applies a reverse racism against whites, uh, and so on. Um, The the practical consequences, uh, or at least the the practical means of trying to um, overcome what what this theory of social justice sees as injustices, is that. Basically, men and whites and heterosexuals should be sidelined. They're certainly vilified. I mean, you've all heard that men are toxic and and whites are racist right. and so on. So they should all be sidelined, and we should only admit and fund people to the universities who belong to marginalized minorities.
2: Yeah, but Philip, own... this, the... yeah, what you're saying used to be. Um, there were always people who felt that way, and they were a small, radical minority. But what you're saying seems to be that it's now now the majority in the American media, and it's the majority in America academia.
9: It absolutely has complete control over academia and in the school systems, because where do the school teachers come from? They come from radical education faculties. And so they go out and they teach little kids this. Uh, they teach little boys that they 're toxic. They teach whites that they should shut up that america's an evil place well the 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 marvelous example of this is is the New York Times and their uh sixteen nineteen project, which claims that America was founded uh, not on the judeo christian uh, tradition of human rights, uh, not on uh, not on the basis of the Constitution and the Declaration of of Independence, but rather uh, America was based on slavery. That's what that's what America is all about. It's all about slavery, and so everything in America is wrong because it was based on slavery, and slavery was a, is an evil thing.
2: Uh, and that, of course, ignores the fact that slavery was everywhere at the time it began began over here, all over the world. And it wasn't. Absolutely. And people like to let you think it's unique to America.
9: Ab- it, absolutely right. And the fact is that uh, the slaves that were carried to America uh, were procured by Africans from other areas in Africa. So mm-hmm. it was African slavers who provided those slaves. Uh, And of course, as you say, all civilizations and many tribal areas uh, uh, had slaves. I happened to do field research in the Middle East, and the tribe that I lived with had a history of capturing uh, Persians and making them into slaves. So. This was a very, uh, a, a, a virtually a universally widespread institution. Um, but in any case, um, uh, I, I think we all agree that slavery was a bad thing. Uh, uh, America spilled a great deal of blood getting rid of slavery. Right. Um, but. Uh, I, and Then the question is, what you do next? You can't go back harping on that forever. It makes no sense. Uh, it's only well, so a wave.
5: Yeah.
2: I, I, I only have a few minutes left, and I wanted to get to uh, one other thing here. Um, you 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 talk about oikophobia, and uh, you know, the hating your own society. Uh, I only have like three minutes or so here, but I think there were like six items in your piece that you gave as examples, um, what, what, are the, what are the signs that too many Americans are suffering from oikophobia?
9: Well, uh, one is that uh, people no longer want to maintain national sovereignty. You have uh, a Democrat party that wants to open the borders. And wants to give citizen rights to illegal immigrants, and wants mm-hmm. uh foreigners from anywhere to pour in uh so that's that's the end of America as a country that controls itself second um, that that also does away with citizenship uh individuals you know. You, you don't count as an individual anymore. you're uh, you you count according to your category. You're one thing if you're uh, uh, if you're a white man, you're another thing if you're a black female, and you're treated according to those categories, not according to who you are and what you and what you do. This is really this is far from liberalism it's It's very illiberal. To treat people according to racial and gender and sexuality categories. Uh, capitalism is another thing that that they reject. You know now that there's a that uh, that there are many Democrats who claim that that they're socialists, members mm-hmm. of the Democrat Party, uh, and socialism means they want to get rid of capitalism. Um, and finally, we all know what happens under socialism, and that is say goodbye to economic and political freedom. We have a long history of socialist societies in which those things disappeared, as well as prosperity disappearing, and as well as large segments of the population disappearing.
2: Hey, Philip, I'm, um, I'm, uh, I have 30 seconds left, and I'm up against a hard break. Uh, Philip Carl Saltzman. He's an emeritus professor in anthropology at McGill University. I really thank you for being here, and it's a great piece. You can find it at pjmedia.com. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Philip. I really appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thanks. Okay. That's Philip Carl Saltzman. Check the piece out at uh, PJ Media. It really uh, sums it up perfectly of what's going on in progressive
8: America. and We'll be right back. Your potential customers are at home right now. Are you there with them? In these uncertain times, the investment you made in digital marketing is really paying off. Thanks to Salem Surround, you're on page one of the search engines. Your online reputation is five-star. Your digital presence is accurate, and you're everywhere. Oh, wait. You're not? You don't have an effective digital marketing strategy? It's not too late. Contact Salem Surround for help. We deliver prescriptive marketing solutions to communicate with your current and future customers that not only meet your needs, but exceed your expectations. Salem Surround can help you with digital marketing during these difficult times and beyond. Total market saturation with increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com.
1: by a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com Code 3388.
7: Enjoy. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here, inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel, December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand With Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com on the Stand with Israel tour. History, culture and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the Nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit Seb Gordon and click on the Israel banner. That's SebGorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all
5: those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. Our old number.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through, and most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach and the call is immediately forwarded onto the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be
0: glad you did. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer.
2: So I know exactly where I was uh, 47 years ago today. Um, I was at Three Rivers Stadium for the Pirates opener and they retired Roberto Clemente's number. Um, and hung it on the right field uh, wall and uh, uh, it was because he had died the previous uh, December 31st in the in the plane crash and uh, his wife was there and accepted the jersey from uh, Joel Brown I think it was at the time Manny Sanguian played in right field big thrill for me because it was the first game I ever covered at Three Rivers Stadium first time I had ever been on the in the press box I was down at home plate standing just a few feet away from Vera Clemente when she um, was presented with Roberto Clemente's Jersey. Her little kids were there. They were young kids then uh, at the time that uh, they were all there with her. She just died a few months ago. Um, Bob Prince was there. Um, I, at that point in my life, I wanted to be a baseball announcer. And so for me to be on the field there was a gigantic thrill and, um, and, but it was interesting because it was not the normal opening day. I mean, they were retiring Roberto Clemente's number only, what, uh, three, four months after he had died. So, uh, I know where I was and I loved baseball back then. And as I said on Twitter today, I just, I just realized today that because the uh, baseball is so screwed up now and because of uh, the no salary cap and what's happened to the Pirates over the last 30 years or so, um, I just realized today that I don't miss baseball one bit, not one bit. And I loved baseball when I was uh, younger and wanted to be a baseball announcer. But I, one thing I do miss, by the way, NHL playoffs uh, were supposed to start Wednesday. I'd like to have a chance to see those this year. Who knows? That's it for today, though. More politics and all kinds of other stuff tomorrow. Tim Murtaugh will be here tomorrow at 5.15. See you.
9: The John Stagerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.